You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Your Dose of Death with yours truly, Lauren Rosemary, as always. Thank you guys each and every single week for listening to this podcast. It is helping the growth of this podcast immensely, so thank you again for listening. And before we get into today's guests, I just, as always, got to give a big shout out to my sponsors. Grateful Deathmatch Skip Van Alstine is coming up with the dopey goods that is psychedelic and groovy and violent. Of course, if you hit them up with the promo code DEATH, free shipping across the United States and beyond. And then, of course, Billy Ballantyne and the good guys at Crimson Mask gave me that promo code of your dose of death for the Duke of Hardcore Bundle. Shout out to John Wayne Murdoch, as always. And, of course, got to give a big shout out to the guys at Toy Hio. Toy Hio returns June 19th, located at the Metroplex in Girard, Ohio. Over 20,000 square feet of toys and bringing in the best vendors from the Tri-State area, Matt Cardona, Brian Myers, Smart Mark Sterling, and Dylan Hornswell Apostle will all be signing that day. The show itself runs 10 to 4 on June 19th itself. Easily located right off the highway, come shop at the fastest growing show in Ohio, live and in person at the Metroplex in Girard, Ohio. And today's guest is a very special one, a guy who, as we just had a conversation off recording, this is only his third podcast ever, a huge, huge platform for him. As you guys know, I'm a big fan of Deathmatch Yonder. The guys and gals who are working there are absolutely giving it 100%. They are a brand new promotion that just started in 2021, of course, given to us through the eyes, the lenses, I should say, of IWTV. And, of course, a man who was a part of the historic main event of the very first Deathmatch Done Under show on IWTV. The man who says he goes by nobody, but he is somebody to me. Of course, I'm talking about Callum Butcher. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing very good, very good. We can finally get this get this one done. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know. And for those of you who are wondering to get this um, I had tweeted out to Callan that I wanted to bring him on this show. I was adamant that I was going to bring him on because I felt he needed this platform. Uh, all of the Deathmatch Under guys need this platform because more ears to the world of Deathmatch Wrestling, the better. And especially considering what you guys are doing, bringing a, a Deathmatch scene to a country that really hasn't seen much of it in its history you guys are really waving that flag from a from a whole nother continent during a time where things aren't, there's not a lot of traveling here and there and due to the COVID era that we are living. And you guys are really bringing out some of the best and brightest in Australian wrestling and deathmatch wrestling and heavyweight wrestling. So of course um, I want my listeners to really know the Callum Butcher, of course, many people who are listening has probably had never even heard of you before, of course, being, yes, you are part of Deathmatch Under, but who is Callum Butcher? Give me the origin story of sorts. Uh, so Callum Butcher, uh, that's my birth name. I'm not very creative, so I, 
I thought like it sounded like a pretty cool name when I was first started training. So why not just go with Callum Butcher? So yeah, um, I've been wrestling for about six years now, I think. Um, yeah, I just wrestled on a lot of small independents in Victoria, Australia. Um, and yeah, uh, when COVID happened, I kind of just took a step back and looked at everything that I'd done up until this point. And I was like, I go to all these shows and I put on matches. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're shit, but I'm not like, I'm not getting anywhere. Like I felt like I'd already plateaued when I was, you know, what? Yeah. Six years in, I felt like <laughs> I'd pl plateaued. And then, yeah, I started talking to Joel, um, because, yeah, when he did the Casanova Valentine deathmatch, when he announced that, I sent him a message straight away. I'm like, look, if there's anything, anything that you can do, uh, I, that I can do to help out for this show, I'd love to. And then, yeah, we started talking because he he didn't realize that I like deathmatches. He's like, you're into this kind of thing, and I was 100. percent Like, I was I'd been in love with deathmatches since. 2016 2017 i've been obsessed with it and australia is yeah like you said it's not really a country that's had death matches like every now and then there would be a death match but every time that it would happen people would be like mm, i don't know if you should be doing that <laughs> but yeah we finally managed to get the one done with Cass, and then that same night um me and my former tag partner sicko smacks we also did the death match with casanova valentine and then yeah the ball's been rolling from there this is kind of a reboot of my wrestling career almost that's why i'm doing the nobody yeah i absolutely get that and of course yes a lot of the credit for guys like yourself joel bateman and of course the the the, the first death match done under shows really were thanks to the fantastic, crazy, sadistic mind that is Casanova Valentine, who gave a lot of you opportunities. I know he gave Joel an opportunity. He gave you and your former tag partner. He gave Damien, Damien Rivers opportunities. How yeah. much of your deathmatch experience do you credit Casanova Valentine then? Well, he was he was my first deathmatch. Like, I'd done a hardcore match a couple of years back at one of the shows that I was on and we use like barbed wire and thumbtacks and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the Casanova Valentine was my first death match and he gave me a lot of advice because he didn't eat credit to him. Like he had no idea who I was. He had no idea who Jeremy was or Sigo Smacks was. Um, but yeah, he, he had his match with Joel walk down the street and then an hour later he was doing a second death match <laughs> and yeah, after that, he, we've been in contact ever since. Like, I've got the Taipei Deathmatch coming up tomorrow for us at the um, at the Burden of Experience show, which will be on IWTV eventually. Yes. And I know that Cass has done a fair amount of Taipei Deathmatches, so I sent him a message. I'm like, hey, man, if you've got any advice, I'd love to hear it. And then, yeah, he sent me two or three three minute videos just explaining all of his um ideas behind taipei and how to make them better so i i really appreciate that man he's 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 done a lot more for me than i think he even realizes
Yeah, and um, Casanova, as 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 I've always pointed out, he really is one of the smarter minds in deathmatch wrestling. He's he himself has been improving as well this twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um. So, and he always puts you guys over whenever Deathmatch Donder comes on, and I think that that really is a testament to the kind of guy he is to give you that opportunity. Of course, though, really your big um, stamp on the IWTV radar was your historic first ever main event of Deathmatch Donder, the 100 Light Tubes Deathmatch with Damian Rivers. I want you to take me through that night for you, how... How were you feeling? How were you handling the fact that you were the last ones to make the walk to the ring and have that incredible light tube death match? Well, I was real nervous because there are a lot of names on that card that if you know Australian wrestling, if you know Victorian wrestling, like they're really big names, like Caveman, Jake Andrew Arthur, people like that. And then there was myself and Damien who'd been, we'd been wrestling at the same companies that didn't really get much attention. So I was one, I was like, the light tubes are going to suck. But what would suck <laughs> more is if I walk out to crickets, I was real worried about that. I was worried about like, nobody would know who we are or give a shit about the match. And then, yeah, I was just waiting in the back. Like that's, the only thing that was going through my head wasn't like I'm going to get cut up. It was nobody's going to know who we are. Nobody's going to care. And then, yeah, as soon as Damien walked out and I was standing behind the curtain, I heard the reaction that he got. I'm like, oh, maybe we have something here. And then <laughs> I, wa- I walked out and I got probably the biggest reaction I've ever gotten um, in front of by far the biggest crowd I've ever wrestled in front of because we had 250 people at yes. the show. My biggest crowd before that was probably like 60. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I walked out in front of that crowd and I got that big reaction. And I was ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched that match. And I, from here in America, we don't, we don't have big crowds definitely due to COVID still. We have had shows where there's crowd, but it's not like a real substantial crowd. And... I remember the first Deathmatch Under show live tweeting and everyone's like, there's a crowd here. Like they're really into it. And especially the main events, a lot of people are like, this crowd is really behind it. So I think it was a testament to both just the build up to that match, which I will get into in a second. And also just the work effort the two of you put in. Yeah. I will say this going back to what I said about the build up you and Damien really put in a lot of effort to get that match over because you've seen a hundred light tube death matches before in the States in Japan, but yours made it different where the story really felt like something like that was your second death match. Yeah. And, and of course the whole story was for those who didn't see it was Damien rivers had been the guy who had been waving the death match flag. You were the guy who was trying to get into death match and Damien was questioning whether or not you're really about this life. I think it's safe to say, though, after that match, after the the hell he put you through, you're really about this. And I think um, after that match, what was your feeling? What, what were you feeling? I know the the saran wrap must have hurt. The light tubes yeah. must have hurt. That, that canvas was riddled in blood and glass. What were you feeling when everything was said and done? Uh, like... 
because I did that promo after the match, and like I, I was almost crying there. <laughs> to be completely honest, like that reaction from the crowd, like it was everything we could have hoped it would have been. Um, so I got to the back, and like even when the adrenaline wore off, like I was in pain, but I didn't care. I was, I was over the moon at what we'd been able to do. And that, like, yeah, because it, it was my second death match ever. And I I feel like it was probably the best match that I've ever had. Yeah, yeah I, I would. I mean, for me, that was my first time seeing you. And I was really impressed. I mean, like, I had, especially I think with death match under something that really stands out to me is those pre-match and post-match promos where you have this, the New Japan-like background, which I think... Yeah is wonderful and I, I love it as a sports style which to deathmatch wrestling you don't see that a lot if ever and you got that and I loved the pre-match thing you guys did where it was heated that room you could feel the tension you could cut it with a knife how amazingly tense it was and you could tell like you, you brought that intensity into that match so from I mean from someone who's watched a ton of death matches in his life to see a main event of two guys who I had never really heard of and becoming a fan of both of you really is a testament to what you were able to bring. Of course, though, we can't talk about that match without talking about your next big death match, of course, the Sandcastle show where you teamed up with someone who you considered a mentor in Dixon, and it was a yeah. boards death match, a bring-your-own-boards death match. Yeah. And against Guido and um, I believe I'm trying to remember the other guy tag York. York, big yeah. dude. And you took fish hooks in that match. What what was the thought process behind that? Uh it, it was um actually safety pins. So oh, safety board, pins? Yeah, the board that I brought out was riddled with safety pins. You can see it when I um, do the Uranagi to York. Yes, I, I, I remember the safety pins, but then you took the fish hooks to the mouth as well. Yeah. Um, that sucked. That, uh, <laughs> like, um, yeah, he gave me it, and I wasn't sure if it had happened. And then I felt in my mouth and it was already closed over. Like the pin was mm -hmm. already closed, locked in. And while I was feeling that, I'm like, oh my God, that is through my mouth. Then he just jumps on top of the rope and gussets me in the head. Oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Dixon is someone who many people as well are starting to discover, like a lot of the roster with Death Matter Under, especially when you're bringing a whole new audience with IWTV to the world of Australian deathmatch wrestling who um, may or may not have heard of you. And um, that match, that Uranagi to York was massive because he's a big dude. That, that is a big yeah. dude. You were, you can't like wiggle your right way around doing a Uranagi and a man of his stature, but tagging with Vixen, what did that mean to you? Of course, you considering her a mentor in the deathmatch game. That was incredible because I know it was originally supposed to be Michael Weaver. Um, yes. And then, yeah, uh, we had a snap lockdown. Victoria had a snap lockdown. Yes, it did. And we, yeah, we had to try and find somebody else to do the spot. And Vixen was uh, injured. So she, like, she wasn't able to do um, an outcome the wolves. And then because we had to push it back a month, Vixen had time to recover. Vixen was ready to go. 
we thought who be- who better to use as my surprise partner than Vixen and then yeah as soon as like her music hit and she came out I like I was trying not to mark out myself because <laughs> as as far as deathmatch goes um like Damien has been flying the flag for like four or five years now but really in the past 20 years it has been vixen along with mad dog crackerjack yes. and even joel so and like vixen's been on like 16 tours of japan or something something like that wow. so having that experience with me and like giving me feedback and stuff it was incredible yeah and of course the big moment for you in that match was of course you pinned guido the Agua ultra violent champion of course who is now on a he's now not just a part-time resident he is a full-time resident of australia of course yeah yeah as many people are yeah he lives here or lives there i should say and of course he you pinned him and so you have a stake at the claim to the agua ultra violent championship of course um that is a bell. I, I, I see you have your eye on it. And of course, we were talking before. You have a big match coming up during the two-night heavyweight title tournament. If you want to give our listeners a little sneak peek, per se, at yeah. a potential match with Guido there. Yeah, so at night one, it got announced last night. There is the six-to-night death match, which is our version of a home-run derby death match. Ah, okay. I was wondering what that was like, so I think that explains a lot. I mean, yeah, over here, cricket is a lot more popular than baseball, so it'll be a lot more cricket bats wrapped in barbed wire and gusset plates. Oh, that does not sound comfortable. It's... Yeah, it's going to be absolutely disgusting. And then, yeah, so that's myself, Mad Dog, and Vixen, which is a dream team of mine. I, It's going to be very violent against Damien Rivers, York, and Guido. And then, yeah, that's night one. The next night, it is Guido and myself one-on-one for the Agua Total Violence Championship in a San Jose Glass Crush death match. Knowing, of course... <sighs> Um, Alex Clone is a friend of this show, a guy who I consider a friend. He just had his GCW ultraviolet title match with Lucky 13, a double crush, glass crush death match. I can only imagine what you and Guido have in mind for the viewers, not just in Australia, but the ones who are going to be tuning in and IWTV when they see that. That is going to yeah. be pure madness to the max as i'll put it so i mean i i have a rough idea of the implements of destruction that will be in the match because the way it was explained to me is san jose is somewhere in between silicon valley and the californian desert so there will be piles of cactus Yes. Piles of circuit boards, and then the glass crush comes in. So there's going to be like four panes of glass as well. So that's going to be very violent. And I'm like coming off a very violent death match the first night going into that. <laughs> I'm going to be an absolute mess. And my partner is going to hate me after that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's always the loved ones who are like, why do you do what you do? And you're just like, it's for the love of this, you know? Yeah. And like my 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 parents, um, 
when I was wrestling on the the smaller shows and I wasn't doing death matches and I wasn't bleeding every month. Yeah. Um, they came to pretty much every show. As soon as DMDU started up and like that's the main show that I'm on now and I'm in a death match every single night. My mom doesn't like blood and my dad doesn't like hardcore wrestling. So they're just like, we'll sit this one out. Yeah, it's funny. The parents, they love when you're just doing the kind of cool stuff and all that. But when you start getting violent, they're just like, they don't want any part of it. And so I'm going to segue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to peer into your mind a little bit about the outside Australia world of deathmatch wrestling here. Who were guys that got you into deathmatch wrestling and why? So I got into deathmatch a lot later than a lot of the other people that I know. Because mm-hmm. um, I, like, I'd always heard about it. I always knew that I would like it because I always liked ACW and, like, the hardcore stuff. I never watched back the old ACW stuff until I went to Japan in, I think it was 2017. Mm-hmm. It was probably about then. It was when New Japan did, went back to the Budokan in the G1 for the first time. Ah, uh, yes. Because, yeah, uh, me and a couple friends, we went to Japan. And then, yeah, the next night after we after we landed, there was New Japan at the Budokan we went to that and it was like the main event was Tanahashi and Okada, mm-hmm. which was really cool to see. We got back to the hotel and I was like, that was cool, but I want to see more of the local wrestling. And I, like mainly I wanted to go to Corican because Corican is the dream venue for me. Yes. Um, so we looked online and Big Japan was at Corican like the next night. So we said, fuck it, let's go to that show. <laughs> um and yeah we were like third row in front of the hard cam oh wow corkin and they were doing like their their tag deathmatch tournament oh okay yes yeah and yeah i just i i seen things like abdullah kobayashi biting through light tubes and i'm like (laughs) i'm gonna do that one day and then i did it and it sucked um but yeah like that that entire show because there was like the heavyweight wrestling and then there was the three main event death matches and we're standing out the front in front of like the TGI Fridays at Tokyo Dome and I said to my friend I was like one day I'm going to be doing this stuff I'm going to build up my name and I'm going to do a death match in Corrigan so that's my end goal is to do a death match in Corrigan it's not like Wrestlemania or anything that's my dream and then yeah i got back to australia and i just started ingesting all the deathmatch i can like danny havoc was somebody that i i paid close attention to he still got my favorite deathmatch of all time it was that so it's a real like obscure deathmatch it was the first round of tournament death 14 okay um in yeah in 2015 it was him and ricky shane page yes i know which one you're talking about yeah mm-hmm. and i i don't know why but that's just like my favorite death match of all time i was just like because it was ricky's first tod i'm pretty sure and yes like, i believe the, you're right yeah like the spots that they did in it like they rolled to the outside danny put a light tube in ricky's mouth and ran him into the ring post and i was like that's fucking awesome then yeah like the choke slam to the outside onto the salt and barbed wire Mm -hmm. and then yeah danny wins that match and then he rolls over and you just see the blood streaming out of his out of his temple it was disgusting but 
I I love that match so much. Wow, yeah. Um so going off of that, yeah, I think Corgan Corgan, yes, it may be every wrestler's dream. Everyone wants to wrestle there, but a deathmatch show in Corgan just feels different. It feels incredibly yeah. different from the norm you see it at Corgan Hall. So who are some guys when hopefully borders open up, which I'm hoping soon, trying to be optimistic here. Who are guys that you want to have a death match with? Uh, so Japan or all over? Anywhere. The globe. Anywhere. I, I think the big money match for me, just I'm a massive fan of theirs, is Atticus Kogar. I think that he would be one of the best death match wrestlers on the planet at the moment. Um, just, yeah, I remember we were doing the... Um, spring break watch party yes. at the, the cheeky pint you know, i, I commented on the instagram and i was yeah. like I, I was jealous of you guys on that one yeah um and like everybody was talking and talking and have a good time but as soon as atticus and masada came on i just i sat in my corner and i didn't talk to anyone because i was just ingesting all of it but yeah like atticus ricky um dream matches like Takeda and Jun Kasai and Segura and stuff like that. Like I want, I, I just want to wrestle everyone that I can before my body gives up. That, that is what they all say. They, you just want to wrestle till the brakes fall <laughs> off. And I, you are the first one I will say ever. I mean, I've talked to Joel. I've talked to him about dream matches. He's on the Alex clone train. Uh, so that gets my attention, but Atticus Kogar is Kogur, I should say. Everyone likes to botch that up. Atticus Kogar is the that's the first time I've heard him as a dream match. That that is a cement that's cementing his legacy as a guy who he is a bona fide death match wrestler. He is a guy who, as he has told the media before, he is a wrestler who likes to do death match. Yeah, that would be one that would really entice me. Would be you versus Atticus. That is one I think could do wonders, not just for you, but for Atticus too. Yeah. Be a world travel guy. So if Atticus is listening, if if, if somehow, some way, the four four O guys listen to this podcast, Callum Butcher versus Atticus Koger has my money and my attention. I mean. At the end of an outcome, the Bulls, I said in my promo that it's still fuck Ohio here. Yes, I, uh, I remember that. Look, I'm 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 a bit of a fan of the four four zero. That was just me trying to call them out because I want that fucking match. So Atticus, if you're listening, you know where to find me on Twitter. Exactly, I agree. Um, of course, um, for those of you who are listening, of course, I have nobody at Callum Butcher. Of course, though, um, you really have a lot coming up your way, of course, with the Agua tile shot you're going to, of course, with that um, six and up death match. But um, who in Australia do you believe is like the next wave, excluding yourself? You're like now like the present. But who are like the next wave of guys who want to do death match wrestling in Australia now? Um. So the show is coming out on Monday and it's currently Saturday. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're going to see it real soon. 
but Joel Bateman has a match with somebody answering his opening cha- open challenge. Uh, Atlas Whitaker, who was on yes. Sandcastles. At- That's what I'm really excited for. I know that- everyone is like, oh, because I know that everyone was looking forward to the no rope barbed wire, but I'm like, guys, I, I have faith in Joel. So yeah. that, that I- light tube match will be something else. That that match, that no rope barbed wire match, it's still going to happen. It'll happen Absolutely. down the line and just couldn't happen this time. Um, but Atlas, he's somebody in the scene who, like, when I was first starting out training, he was just getting onto shows. And, like, I, I've always loved watching him work. And then when Joel was like, Atlas has just messaged me about this open challenge, I messaged him straight away. I'm like, dude, do this. It is going to be the best experience of your life. And then I was, like, standing behind the curtain watching the match. And when it was over, a uh, little bit of a spoiler, they got, like, a standing ovation. and. I like because yeah I I've looked up to Atlas for a very long time and I was just a ball of emotion. <laughs> um, like I, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's the show that is. Um, for those I know this is this will come out in a few weeks, but this is the show we're talking about that is called "Not Here to Fuck with Spiders," which I love that <laughs> name. Everyone's like, "Not here to fornicate." I'm like, "It's not here to fuck with spiders, guys." Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, I want to say it in the Australian accent. It's not here to fuck spiders. Oh my god, that's that's <laughs> even better. But um, so of course, yes, Joel Bayman versus Alice Whitaker has happened in that show. But your match, which by the way, shout out to the interspecies wrestling guys for lending a hand in the creative juices for this one. It is a blocks death match with yourself. And I believe, I think Guido's also in that. I believe Damian Rivers is also in that. A couple yeah, of guys so, are in that. So it, it it was originally supposed to be myself, Michael Weaver, and Mad Dog with Guido, York, and young Mike Chaos, who's been wrestling in the local scene around here and okay. gave him a shot. Um, like the my old tag team with Sicko Smacks, he was like the third member, Mike Chaos. So I've, okay. I've always had a hand with with him trying to like help him improve. Um, But unfortunately, as you'll see, like mad dog wasn't able to make it to that. So we had a last minute replacement from somebody who's been helping out at all of the DMDU shows, decided to give him a shot. He's uh, Zuzu. Okay. Oh my Uh, God. (laughs) Dude, dude is absolutely shredded and comes out with a with the the clown paint on and stuff and he's insane there's uh one thing in that match that um i was legitimately worried that he had suffered a very serious injury but oh my goodness i messaged him the next day and he's like i'm fine i can do it again so if you once this comes out if you go back and watch spiders um the the power bomb from the top rope that's what oh I'm gonna boy say. oh boy yeah it's it's real gross um <laughs> yeah that match was utter chaos because we didn't know what we were going to have out there like as people were coming in they were bringing some of the stuff backstage for us the other yeah. stuff was ringside we didn't didn't really have a lot of chance to like make any plans for anything so it's a bit chaotic but also, like, the, the people in the crowd, they had a lot of fun with the chaos. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you see blocks, Legos, whatever you want to call them, like people get kind of like a kick out because I've experienced this as a kid. Everyone's probably experienced this as a kid stepping on blocks. It it is like the worst pain in the world for like five seconds. Yeah. Like it's not that long, but it's just like you feel it and then you add on more. It's like insult to injury. So that I'm very excited for that match as well. Of course, yeah. interspecies wrestling, lending a hand in the creative juices who, um, if you know, interspecies wrestling, they are actually um, funding the 1 million blocks match. I know yes. they're right now still in the process of that. They're, they're still taking donations as of when this episode will drop. So it's so, DMDU just helping give us a preview of what insane <laughs> stuff they're going to do. So yeah. that is a really great one. Of course, um, for those of you who haven't watched Death Match Under on IWTV, I highly recommend them. They are a fun company. Of course, as you mentioned in May, the heavyweight tournament, the two-day heavyweight tournament which has a lot of incredible names on it yeah if if you're if you're a fan of australian wrestling that not only does it have some of the best heavyweights in australia but it also has some of the people that are like the most underrated and deserve eyes on them um i think the announcement will be going out like today or just out that we've got a guy named jake taylor he's farley dojo trained he's oh wow and dojo like he's he's gonna go to war in that one i'm really looking forward to that there's people like edward dusk who's just starting to make his name in australian wrestling i i i looked him up i was interested in him yeah yeah but yeah and then we've got people like Charlie Evans and Punch Drunk Istria. They're like, they're very big names around the scene. So, and then we got Candy Lee from New Zealand. Candy Lee, I know. I saw that. I was like, you got Candy Lee to take a flight from New Zealand to Australia. God damn, Candy Lee. Shout shout out to Candy Lee, by the way. She's awesome. Yeah, so this entire the entire tournament is going to be a banger, and then you've got yeah the six and out death match, and then you've got uh, myself and Guido, and there's another match that's going to be announced tomorrow, from mm-hmm. what I understand. That's going to be an, another absolute banger. Well, bangers uh, abroad and all around the world. So here's a question that I've had, and someone asked me about this for the upcoming months. And many people have been wondering when Deathmatch Genre will get its own Deathmatch style. Yes, you have the Ugwa ultra-violent title in Australia. Weedo is very somewhat happy to defend that belt when he can. But will Deathmatch Genre have a heavyweight title? And and the follow-up question will be, is July the time when that tournament's going to happen? Because many people are wondering if there will be a Deathmatch tournament in deathmatch not under so it's been hinted at a lot that there will be a, some sort of deathmatch title with dmdu um it's definitely bound to happen uh i'd say probably not july keep an eye out around maybe august mm-hmm. for some news on that so, okay uh, yeah well, the, the, those of you listening who are curious, I, I would say, yeah, August sounds like a good time. I mean, 
it's the summer, uh, not just here in the United States, but around the world, is always the, the prime time season of deathmatch tournaments, as you see. Yeah. So August would be a perfect time to potentially unveil the deathmatch, the DMDU deathmatch title, which I think would be fantastic. It's the title that is needed there, it's, especially it's deathmatch under. It's in the name. Of course, but um, if you were in that tournament, would you would you be wanting in that tournament for that title? Uh, absolutely, I'd be wanting in that <laughs> tournament. Um, I've been saying from the start that I might be a nobody, but I'm trying to become the best deathmatch wrestler in Australia, and getting that winning that tournament. If it and when it happens, that would cement myself as one of the best deathmatch wrestlers in Australia. And hopefully after May, I'll get that Agua Total Violence Championship and I can defend that during the tournament. I don't give a fuck. I won in that tournament. Well, um I know the powers that be are will probably be listening to this episode. So um if we can manifest that dream of getting a deathmatch tournament and of course having you win the Ugwa ultraviolent title and defending it as well, which I believe if you're having a belt, a deathmatch belt in a deathmatch tournament, you're defending it. You are yeah. defending it. So um, hopefully that does happen come August. And I think, I think that deathmatch tournament could have a lot of potential. I mean, deathmatch under has already through, on IWTV already through three shows has really shown the potential to bring out some of the best and brightest names in deathmatch wrestling. You're included in that list. Of course, Damian Rivers, Joel Bateman, Charlie Evans as well, who had an incredible, absolutely incredible deathmatch with Joel Bateman. I cannot stress enough how brilliant that match was. Chevs took an absolute beating in that match. I know that the next day I was I went to the hotel that they were staying at because mm-hmm. I was picking up um, Dunkzilla Davis for a training seminar. Oh, awesome! And I was waiting out the front, and yeah, Chevs walked past me, and she's like, "Oh my god, how are you? How's your face from the fish hooks?" I'm like, "I'm fine. How are you? You look like you've been in a car accident." And they were like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just going to get some breakfast. And then walk down the street, just cuts all over. Um, just to kind of put this out there to the world, not just Australia, but in the world, Charlie Evans is one of the baddest people on the planet. I do not care who your top deathmatch wrestlers are in any country. I, I, will, I have been mean to say this on my podcast for a while now. Charlie Evans, if you can book her for a deathmatch, you can do so. You will not be disappointed because she is Absolutely. one of the baddest people on the planet. And, the Joel, and if you need proof, we'll just watch that match with Joel Bateman. I'd say it's probably the best match we've had on any of our shows. And yeah, Chevs is a world. <laughs> Ch- Charlie Evans is a world class talent and deserves the world. Absolute sweetheart of a person. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. And um, I mean, she, she and she is in the heavyweight tournaments so of course many eyes are going to be on her as well through that tournament but of course Callan we are talking about you of course um I I want you to kind of lay out the game plan for 20 the rest of 2021 what do you want the world to see in Callan Butcher like I said I want to become the best deathmatch wrestler in this country 
And I know, like, I started it off with the loss, but I've been picking up wins. I'm at the end of May. I am flying in a state to wrestle a Four Corners of Hell Death match for another promotion. Oh wow! Complex Pro Wrestling. Joel Bateman just won their explicit championship. Oh yes, you did. Yeah. Um. One of their younger guys wants to do death matches, and they got in touch with me, and we're doing yeah Four Corners of pain four corners of hell i think so that's going to be a lot of fun but i just want to do death matches everywhere around this country and then as soon as international flights open up i want to go to japan i want to go to mexico i want to go to the states i want to go the uk i want to go everywhere i can and bleed everywhere that i can because i believe that deathmatch wrestling is one of the most beautiful art forms on this planet and i believe that i I've kind of got something with this and I think I, I can make my name out of this. And I think that I can improve deathmatch wrestling as a whole. Fantastic answer. I I absolutely love that answer. I mean, you don't hear the ambition of a lot of guys anymore. Like being like, I want to go to every country and bleed. Like you're like, you're in on this. You are a part of this deathmatch life, a part of the deathmatch family. As some people want to say, of course, um, a question I like to ask a lot of my guests is um, what would you tell yourself like your first year Callum Butcher to the sixth year? Like, or what would you tell your six year self versus your one year self? Let's put it in that sense. So if I could talk to my first year in training, I would say stop listening to everybody and their opinions because you've got good ideas and you can make something out of it. Um, yeah, I, I wasted like the first six years of my career do, just listening to other people doing shit. Um, and also I would tell the, my first year, keep doing those really cool moves that you're doing. Cause in six years you'll look back and be like, I wish I was still doing them. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Um, Cal. And of course, um, with this podcast, yes, I'm located in the United States. Yes, I'm. I got my eyes and ears in the American deathmatch scene, but deathmatch under has really turned heads, including myself, for what they are capable of, and especially with that partnership with IWTV, that is just doing you wonders, getting you more eyes, more ears on the world of deathmatch wrestling. Of course. Um, I want to thank you again for being on this show. This really was a fantastic conversation with you, Cal, and really getting to see what you're made of, especially for someone who has not done a lot of death matches, seeing your perspective on the world. I love your ambition. And to end this, I, I want to give you the time, the platform to just, um, if you have anything to plug, if you have anything to tell us, um, now is the time. The, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah. Oh, before I get to that, I just want to personally say thank you to you because, um, yeah, like you reaching out on Twitter and like putting over Deathmatch Down Under, it's it, it means the world to us. Like everybody from all over the world that watches us, it, it for me, having like wrestled only in front of like 60 people is my highest crowd. Usually it was like <laughs> 40 people. It's absolutely incredible to see how much everybody around the world is just enjoying our product because that's the main thing. Like the fans make wrestling. If there wasn't any fans, there wouldn't be any wrestling. So for yourself and for everybody else, thank you so much. It means the world to us. Absolutely. Um, 
Um, I don't have it yet. I'm looking again. One of those the Deathmatch Worldwide stores opened up. So follow on my Twitter, Callum Butcher PW, for that. Um, I do have a merch store. It is a Australian merch store, so I don't know what shipping is like outside. Oh, but yeah, yeah if, if you want to support, go to wrestlermerch.com and then I'm in there. You can find me. I think it's forward slash Callum Butcher. You can find me. Okay. Um, yeah, on Instagram, Callum Butcher, Facebook, Callum Butcher Pro Wrestler. You can follow along with everything I'm doing. Um, Deathmatch Down Under, you can find Deathmatch Down Under on all the social medias. They've got their own merchandise store on their website. Um, Deathmatch Down Under has completely changed my life. So I I will be flying the Deathmatch Down Under flag for the rest of my life. And yeah, the just keep supporting pro wrestling because like I know that we've kind of struck lightning in a bottle down here where we're able to get live crowds where a lot of other places aren't able to get live crowds and you have to run warehouse shows but things will get better and the world will come back and it's everybody who's supporting pro wrestling right now that's getting us all through it and we're able to give back by putting on the entertaining shows that we're trying to put on well better couldn't have said it any better. Of course, for those of you who are listening, I, I had this fantastic conversation with Callum Butcher. I am planning on having more of the fantastic guys and gals of Death Mesh Under. Callum is not going to be the only one. So, of course, you're going to hear from a lot of the people who have made Death Mesh Under tick. Of course, um, Callum, thank you again for this amazing opportunity to not just give you give my listeners another episode of your dose of death but of course to give my listeners a whole new perception of deathmatch wrestling from someone who has not been in this for long but has an incredible ambition like yourself so that being said guys thank you for listening to this episode of your dose of death from callum butcher to lauren rosenberg we are out thank you guys again This has been a Count Out Podcast.